Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to the Mystery to Me podcast. I'm Anya Kane. And I'm Kevin Greenlee. And we love movies and television shows with a whiff of mystery. Mystery to Me will feature us riffing on murder mysteries, film noir, cozy detective stories, police procedurals, psychological thrillers, legal dramas, tales of teen sleuths, and more. Once we're done yucking it up about whatever we've just seen, we'll serve up our five-star final takes on whether it's worth your time. If you're offended by silliness, profanity, political asides, canine-related interruptions, and losers laughing at their own bad jokes, beware. Also note that some of the stories we'll be talking about are pretty dark, and in some cases, exceptionally badly written. So content warning for murder, violence, suicide, torture, rape, racism, misogyny, homophobia, transphobia, and bigotry. If there's a movie or show you'd like for us to talk about, email us at mysterytomepodcast at gmail.com. Our show's take on genre is pretty loosey-goosey. So as long as your suggestion has some dash of mystery, we're interested in hearing about it. Spoiler alert! We're going to be discussing the entirety of this show or movie, spoilers and all. So if you want to be surprised, press pause, go watch the thing, then join us for the show. Now that you've heard our spiel, go ahead and polish off those magnifying glasses and slip into your favorite trench coat. Let's get mysterious. So, Anya, is this our last episode? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I guess you seem to be acting as if it may be. What did uh, what was selected for us to watch tonight? Tonight we watched A Beautiful Place to Die, a Martha's Vineyard mystery, which of course came out in 2020 on the Hallmark Channel. 
on the almost said the Hallmark Challenge, the Hallmark Channel. Tell tell me about it. Well, I I think you I want to hear what you have to say first because you're obviously you're you're raring to go. I I certainly am showing more. I'm lethargic and depressed, but my energy level is like a hundred times anybody in this picture. You have no chemistry with me anymore. This has really affected you. <laughs> You're like looking sadly at the ground right now. It's pathetic. I'm brooding like the characters in this movie. They, they weren't brooding. They're, 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 there's no smolder. It was just all staring at water. I, where do you want to start? <sighs> well, this is a Hallmark film that basically is about a cop who got shot from Boston. And then he comes to Martha's Vineyard and then... His this girl that he knew, her dad is police chief and she's a doctor. And he the the police chief asked him to come on as a detective once they find a body floating in the water because he doesn't know how to handle it, a, a murder investigation. And, you know, it's like very you know classic Hallmark setup, some sort of very basic premise. It's not going to be particularly interesting mystery, but it's going to have a lot of like Hallmarky Hallmarkness. So like cozy co- coffee bars on the water and boat rides and galas and stuff. Um, but I think what makes a good Hallmark film versus a bad Hallmark film, and of course, note that I'm saying Hallmark film, not film. What makes a good Hallmark film, you know, it's better when the leads have some kind of chemistry, or at least things are happening that are amusing enough to uh, keep the audience entertained. Like, so I think a good Hallmark film was, were the early crossword mysteries, because they had a bit of a chemistry, and you're like, yeah, I want these guys to get together for some reason. And a good... Silly one was the Chronicle Mysteries, the first one, because it's just so dumb and there's like a chase in a, you know, like that trampoline zone or whatever the fuck that was. You know, so like both of those are kind of like silly. This one just didn't have anything. It was just like. I'd I'd love it when the characters seem to at least be familiar with the concept of romance or sex. Oh, you want to you want to. These people didn't even seem to know that such things exist or like happiness. They just seemed like very robotic, very lethargic in this one. No one was really emoting. Like the one person who was like emoting was like the fucking like old lady who like spies on people on boats. Everyone else is just very much like, okay, wow. Like kind of like, kind of like, you know, like that kind of fake happy you get when you're trying to, like, you know, talk to someone on the phone. And like it's, like, like, it's just not, it's not connecting. It's not emotionally resonant. It's just, there's nothing. And it, that made it boring. And there wasn't enough, like, to counterbalance that, there wasn't enough crazy shenanigans to really, like, you know, like, if you're going to do something like this, fine. But then at least have a few more action scenes, people running around being silly. But they didn't even have that. Have some energy. Have something be happening. I felt like half of this took place with a guy sitting at the coffee bar talking to some guy who was quoting like Dulles or something, and and like it was it was dull. It was it was the wrong kind of <laughs> wrong kind of dull. It wasn't it wasn't fun. And, and yeah, and like you could really lean on the like Martha's Vineyard. It's like a little island. It's like fancy, bougie people. You know, people live there. You know, like get into it, and I just didn't feel. I just didn't feel. Nobody felt like they wanted to be there, telling this story. 
and and like your dad is a doctor. Yeah. Do you think? Can you imagine a situation where some tourist comes to town, and your dad goes and puts his arm around his shoulder and says, "Hey, I'm in a lot of trouble with this one case. Can you come and help me doctor him?" No. <laughs> Would that happen to you if you were lawyering something? So it's just, it's it it made the chief seem incompetent. Made the chief seem incompetent. Made everyone seem really boring. And if like I think in order to do that, like a better and I know these are based on novels, so I, I've never read them. I don't know what they're like. I no, no don't don't lie to the people. <laughs> There's a big stack of these no, by your bedside table. There is not. You have all this fanfic about uh, Jesus. The, the the detective and the reporter supporting character. Oh my <laughs> god, you are out of control. No, here's the thing. I I've never read the books. It would have made a little more sense if you wanted to start off a series like this. Maybe have the detective retire there and then. Something connected to his past happens to visit him on the island for some reason. And listen, like, you you know, I'm not the author here. Someone else can be the author and, you know, figure out what that is. And then he gets sucked back into it that way. Uh, as opposed to, like, we just don't know what murder is here on Martha's Vineyard. I mean, like, come on. It's a... Jeez. Oh, I could have forgiven that, though, because they're never plausible about how murders and mysteries and the law really work. So I could have forgiven that if it was fun. But it wasn't fun. You're trying to script doctor. I mean, the way to to fix this is just don't do it. Just nuke it. Just walk away. Nuke Martha's Vineyard. I I mean, I'm not even sure if the problem is the script or the acting or the directing. It's just there's a, there's a famous story where uh, Frank Sinatra was recording an album and he wanted to get it done more quickly, and so let's just do all this all the music. Twice as fast, and so then is all the all the songs are very short and very sped up, uh, and it seems like when they were directing this, they realized, oh gosh, we have about forty five minutes worth of script, and we're supposed to fill up an hour. Here's what we do: we just talk very slowly, very glacially paced. We don't emote, and just pad everything. Out. And like the the ending has like a woman randomly snapping and grabbing the doctor as a hostage. That seems realistic. Grabbing the doctor as a hostage and and running off with her on a boat. And like that made me laugh because it was this burst of energy out of nowhere after a movie's length worth of basically what felt like just sitting around waiting for stuff to get going. Even when they're like tracking down angles of the mystery, it didn't really feel like much was happening. It felt like you were on a treadmill. Which is not how you should feel when you're watching a movie. No, I meant for large sections of this, I was completely out of it. You were conked out. You were drooling, snoring. (laughs) Kept on waking up saying, oh, Martha's Vineyard. And then you'd pass back out. It was pretty sad to see you in such a state. You were doing doing your fanfic. There's a reporter character. I think, I think, I think the intent was to have kind of like a spicy little romantic a triangle with the reporter and the doctor and the detective, but it doesn't come off. No, at one point you're like the the doctor's kind of like, oh, you're gonna hang out with her, fine, whatever. And like in a good show, you'd be like, oh, you know what's gonna happen. But in this, it was just like, well, I mean, they're probably just gonna talk slowly about an audit <laughs> that's not really gonna be clearly connected to anything. 
I mean, you know me. I love like financial fraud stories or, you know, little cozy mysteries. But I mean, you can't just you can't just this just felt like they were throwing stuff at a wall and seeing what stuck. But nothing stuck. It was like a mess. So throwing stuff at a wall implies effort. Yeah. This was like slowly kind of like tossing something in the direction of a wall, but not really hitting it. There's no chemistry between the leads. None at all. Not not in the slightest. I think these two made the two from the Chronicle Mysteries. That seemed like steamy in comparison. <laughs> Don't you think? There was no chemistry between them either. But this was like comparatively. There's more chemistry on a late episode of Murder, She Wrote. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of chemistry on that. But no, this was bad. This was this was sad. It was like, I don't, like, I should want to, after I watch a murder show about Martha's Vineyard, I should want to go to Martha's Vineyard. But this because is- Because you're attracted to death. Well, yeah. And, but also it's like, you know, I, I love Martha's Vineyard. Like, I'm obsessed with the history and I've never been there. So I was thinking at the beginning of this, like, oh, wouldn't it be cool to visit there? It'd be so amazing. And after the end of this, I'm like, huh, I guess that'll be fine. Well, we could never go there now. Yeah, we can never go. We're bad. I'm not sure we can leave the house now. We're just gonna sit in our bed and cry. Yeah. How do you think this? So how how you talk about you, you fantasize about Martha's Vineyard? How would a murder? How would you do it? I'm just, I, just start from scratch. No. Just take these characters. You put them in the ash heap, and then you take the story and you light a match. Well, I to feel it. like I don't know that much about Martha's Vineyard, but I think whatever. That didn't stop these people. But whatever story you should write should reflect. The place, if you're going to center it around a p- actual real place, instead of just making up your own, you know, you know, Mary's Winery Island, I, I think you have to basically study the place somewhat and get a, get a feel of the local character. What is it like? You know, Martha's Vineyard has an interesting history um, yeah, that I'm sure I've bored you with many a time. Many a time. But... You know, even if you don't want to necessarily draw on that, what's it like now? I imagine just spitballing from what little I know, you know, there's a lot of wealthy people, a lot of famous people vacation there. But I'm sure there's also, you know, different areas where, you know, people who might live there year round live. What are those like? What's the situation between the summer people versus the winter people? What's the situation? Like, what are the different neighborhoods? It actually has a long history of being actually a very strong African-American community locally. Like you could kind of reference things that are real about the island and incorporate that into the mystery that you write. So it feels more real and detailed and rich, but they didn't do that. Why don't you do a Ross McDonald story? Ross McDonald's story would be, there's a young person or people at Martha's vineyard. Something bad happens to them. uh, And it's somehow related to something awful done by like their parents or grandparents. Because people seem to be at Martha Vineyards for generations. Yeah. Yeah, you could do that. You know, and that would be interesting. But I think it should reflect Martha's Vineyard. And the characters should be, you know, why are these people on Martha's Vineyard? And, like, with this guy, it was just basically like, oh, my dad used to come out here, but we're really from Boston, and I got shot as a cop in Boston. And then I'm going to flash back to it. But never tell anyone exactly what happened. That was confusing. So you'd just be watching you know, everyone sitting around on the island. Then suddenly it would be like a garish green lighting. And he's in a parking garage running and his partner's dying. Do your hometown. 
It, it's a murder in Anya's hometown, the Hallmark movie. Ooh. Okay. Do we tell people where your hometown is, or at least well, the county I'll, it is? Well, it's Westchester County. Basically, okay, I think it's something where it's like a really fancy party, and then something awful happens at the party. Uh, you know, and maybe it seems like maybe at first, oh, maybe it was an accident because people were drinking a lot. But it kind of comes out that there could be several different motives. There's uh, intense local jealousies, conflicts between different prominent families. Uh, there is uh, families hiding dark secrets, mentally unwell, people within the families doing things. And then there's some sort of financial underpinning to certain things that maybe... So the, the detectives would basically be dealing with the fact that the local PD is basically mostly used to like giving out parking tickets and, and doing little else. And so they have to kind of cut through the local politics and bullshit in order to really get what happened. So are are our investigators like kind of a stuffy local and a scrappy young reporter from uh, out of town sent in to cover the story? I, I guess. I think if it was a, if it was a, if it was kind of a media, if it was a case that was attractive to the media, it could get a lot of juice because it's definitely a kind of a she she place. And I think when murders happen there, people, you know, there's kind of a a bit of an interest. So yeah, you could do something with that, you know, and it, and that's reflecting, you know, in maybe a somewhat harsh way, the kind of realities of what it was like to grow up there and live there. And it's it's throwing them back into a mystery. How would you do your hometown? Uh my hometown, uh uh, Columbus, Indiana, is. I'll just say mine, Bronxville, New York. Fuck it, that's where it is. Now, now, what kind of unimaginable consequences are now going to rain down upon Bronxville? Now that <laughs> mystery the, to me has slammed them. Now that they, they know of the association with you, what do you think is going to happen to Bronxville? I think now? it's people are there. Uh, the, the good citizens of Bronxville, the Bronxvillians, are going to just. It's over, folks. Pack it up. They're going to set their own houses, their own mansions on fire. They're going to walk into the cobblestone streets, and they're just going to get on the Metro North and head wherever. White Plains, New York City, who knows? No one ever saw them again. But it's all over for you. I think what's going to happen is not the abandonment of the town. I think it's like the last scene of Frankenstein, where people are going to come with torches to the Kane family estate and drive the family out of town. Oh, sorry, guys. <laughs> sorry, fam. Because of your casual reference, just spilling the just beans. Spilling the beans. There's a lot of snobby rich people there. What about Columbus, Indiana? What what sort of mystery would unfold in that architectural gem of the Midwest? Uh, which was featured in a film called Columbus. Starring John Cho. Starring John Cho and also uh, Michelle Forbes. There you go. And uh, I believe Macaulay Culkin's brother appears in the oh, film. Oh, yeah, he's in succession. Okay. Well, okay. So, so it's stars. Are they going to be the people in the murder mystery, too? <laughs> that's, the, that's the dream cast. Bring them all back, but for different roles. I attended the Indiana premiere of that, and it, it was so surreal to, to see your town up on the big screen. Yeah, I imagine. And so, okay, so what is the Columbus, Indiana mystery? Well, the interesting thing about Columbus is uh, your town has a pretty distinctive character. Columbus has a wide 
spectrum of people. I think there are parts of Columbus, Indiana, that you've told me are almost indistinguishable from the nicest parts of Bronxville. Very rich, very wealthy. There are also parts of Columbus, Indiana, that uh, is basically squalor people living in almost the worst possible conditions. So there's a lot of income inequality. Uh, and there's also a middle class, a lower middle class, an upper middle class. There's a wide range. So that's kind of like Westchester County as a whole. Right. Yeah. And also, when you're talking about uh, Westchester County, one distinctive thing about that is kind of unique. Of course, that's where the X-Men live. Yeah, so you can have them so, in the mystery, so is, too. is Professor X going to be in the Yeah, movie? maybe he comes and solves it. So, what? Well, I mean, there's no, there's no Marvel characters coming to the rescue in Columbus, I imagine. So, what's going to happen in that mystery? What's going to happen, you're asking me, in the Columbus, Indiana mysteries? I guess if Columbus is known for anything, it's known for the architecture. So... Ooh, what if there's a treasure hunt? What if... <laughs> What if one of these buildings designed by a famous architect is an architect with a secret? <gasps> yes. He dies. In a treasure chest. He dies, and uh, we learn that there's some sort of secret hidden in uh, one of his buildings in Columbus. Perhaps he's designed several buildings in Columbus. And you have to go, and you have to access it. And there's, a, yeah, it's like a treasure hunt, and there's murders. Is it like is is there like like they they like everyone's is like the whole town in on it like all the people in town are all racing to get the treasure and some people are bumping each other off kind of that kind of thing. So it's like it's a mad 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 world sort of thing. I don't know. I mean, but you're the you what what you tell me. I told you who this who the investigators were in Bronxville. Who are the investigators here? Who are our charming leads? Oh, God. our spicy leads who. Uh, Somehow have desire for each other, but don't want to act on it. Would it be a uh, a low? Uh, would it be a kind of a gruff local policeman who's seen it all, and then a spunky young out of town architectural uh, PhD candidate who's trying to study it and wants to preserve the architecture instead of tear it down for the sake of treasure? Oh, and let's do a gender reversal Ooh. where the police officer is a lady. Is a lady, yeah. And the architectural student is a, is a young gentleman. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I think that's really good. And there's, like, people trying to do arson to the buildings. Like, it's all crazy. Are the Pences in it? <laughs> and I think I think the architectural student may be, may be initially skeptical of the whole affair. Yeah, I don't believe in this. This isn't what architecture is about. It's about, it's about trying to create, you know, form and shape from nothing. And, but then, it, and then they become a believer and then they get together. And Mike Pence is probably there, skulking around. Yes, you, you want everybody to know that I came from the same hometown as our former vice president, Mike <laughs> Pence. Who knows what he's up to? <laughs> he's trying to collect it for his brother's uh, antique store. <laughs> yes, you want everybody to know that I used to uh, visit uh, regularly an antique mall owned by uh, the brother of our former vice president, Mike Pence. <laughs> It belongs in my brother's antique mall. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, okay. I mean, yeah. I see. Like both of our stories are stupid and awful, but 
think they have a little more spunk in them than whatever they did to poor Martha's Vineyard here. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Just got to get a little crazy. I think Hallmark needs to kind of, you know, loosen up a little bit. How, how, so when we were watching this, you said, Kevin, when we were watching the crossword mysteries with all my heart and soul, I yearn for those two characters to have hot, steamy, explicit on-camera sex yes i wanted to become a porn <laughs> but when i'm watching this i don't care one way or the other whether yeah. or not they uh violate community standards by having uh explicit sex on camera and you said kevin why is it that i wanted in some cases but not others so why don't you answer your I guess own question? good writing and acting performances and i didn't really want to see those people have sex i think you're being a little silly here just to clarify for the fucking audience you idiot <laughs> But but I did I did think they had chemistry. So you're like, oh, I hope they get together at the end of this. And then when they continuously did not, I was disappointed and angry. She's talking about the crossword mystery. Yeah. But at the end of this, I was like, eh. I was just hoping they'd all get shot. <laughs> you were hoping for more murders to occur. It, it's just like, I think it's just, it just comes down to the performance and the writing. If there's good writing and there's a good performance, you're like, oh, okay, cool. They should get together. If if there isn't any of that, then you're just you don't care. It's not even that I don't want them to get together. I just don't care either way. So is that just on like films or in real life? Do you like see two people in real life and say, "Oh, I hope those two people get together"? No, because I'm not a psychopath. Wasn't there some insane story a few like years ago where like some woman like gave up her seat on an airplane and then like two strangers were sitting and they were flirting and then she like live tweeted the whole thing. And, like, talked about, oh, I hope they're going to get together. It's a real-life rom-com. I'm not like that. I don't give a shit about what other people are doing. I'm just minding my own business. That's my that's my motto. You don't care about anyone except yourself. Exactly. I'm not going to be meddling. I, I, I'm, I somehow, I mean, I'm lucky to be married to you. We kind of just randomly found each other. 
By that, by that you mean by that you mean I found you through my hard work and grit. It wasn't like oh we just randomly found each other. You had nothing to do with it. I was the active agent. I was the person who deigned to respond to some fucking weirdo on the internet after he found you. (laughs) Guess what, Kevin? If if I hadn't want to respond, nothing none of this would have been happening. If I had, and I was the one who I was. Well, if I hadn't found you, none of this would have been happening. I didn't see you looking up any Indiana lawyers. Who was the person who agreed to be whose girlfriend first? Obviously, I never agreed to be your girlfriend. <laughs> what are you even suggesting there? <laughs> I'm just saying, I made all this happen. You're welcome. And I don't, I don't meddle in other people's relationships and personal lives. I don't, I don't, I don't care about any of that. It's just, it can be fun if you're watching characters on a show. You're like. If you like them together, then you're like, oh, I hope they get together. And then you get frustrated because it's like three movies into the crossword mysteries and they don't get together. And you're like, well, what was the fucking point of all this? What's your favorite fictional couple? Nick and- Other than Nick and Nora. Oh, OK. Uh, I don't know. Then. That, that's your like, stock answer to everything. Nick and Nora Charles. They're classic. I say, who do you want to be our next president and first lady? Oh, Nick and Nora. There you go. Which, which doctor would you recommend to me? Oh, Nick and Nora. Where should we eat for dinner? Oh, Nick and Nora. That's your answer to everything. Jesus Christ, that was an endless bit. Um, I don't know. I, I think that's a good... I'm sure I could think of something good. But I just... You know, there, it's, there's got to be sort of a realism, like, like that they really do like each other. And with Nick and Nora, like, they kind of bust each other's balls a lot, and they kind of make fun of each other, but they also, like, are, like, obviously into one another. So I think that's a good combination. But... You know, when there's nothing and no spark, it's just so boring. This guy was just brooding. He wasn't even brooding effectively. He'd just go out and he'd look at the water. Listen, I love a tortured backstory of like, oh, I got shot and now I'm recovering from PTSD. But like, not when it, he doesn't, he always looks like he's just like modeling in like a J. Crew catalog and just kind of staring off at the water. It's like, I don't feel there's any like pain there. So you would have liked to see him like weeping as he looks at the water? I would have liked to see him emoting. That's always nice in an actor. <laughs> yeah, it, w- it was like he didn't even understand English because just look at the water or here's a- some dialogue for you to say. And he's like saying it phonetically or something. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it was just, there was no, it was blah. Left you with a bad taste in your mouth. I, I'm getting that impression. Yeah, just I, I just didn't care for it. I didn't care for it at all. Because here's the thing. Hallmark movies have a saving grace. If they suck in terms of, like, they have no redeeming factors in terms of performance, writing, they have one wild card to play, which is just be just batshit stupid, like the Chronicle Mysteries, where that woman, like, fell off a you know, like a walking trail porch situation. Uh, they're they're jumping on trampolines to escape the bad guys. There's a lot of really dopey flashbacks about a guy dying at a country club. Like, you never knew where it was going. They're breaking into crime scenes and fucking up evidence. Like, that was great because, like, they nothing nothing's working, but you know what? We'll keep you entertained because you're not going to know what the fuck we're going to do next. There's a dog working in the office. She gets promoted to editor or publisher by her uncle who just shows up randomly. It's just that kept you guessing. That's a Hallmark movie. Let's go back a second. You said Hallmark movies have a saving grace. 
pitch me a Hallmark movie called Saving Grace. Oh, God. Would it be like a young Protestant minister who teams up with a local detective named Grace to figure out some murder mystery that happened at his church? I don't know. I got nothing. This Martha's Vineyard thing killed me. What about there is a, a young woman named Grace whose husband died tragically in the Afghanistan conflict? Jesus. Uh, she's, dark. <laughs> she's never gotten over it. She's now given up on love and she's working as a church secretary. Okay. <laughs> And she tries to help people in the troubled neighborhoods of the churches. Oh, this sounds awful. <laughs> and what? And she gets involved in uh, the street life there, uh, trying to run like a charity basketball game or something. Okay. And she meets and she falls in love and there's a crime and she solves it with her buddy. Who's her buddy? One of the guys running. There's like uh, some local charity that helps troubled teens. And the guy who runs it thinks that uh, Grace is too straight-laced, doesn't know what life is like on the city. That church should loosen up their rules. And she thinks his heart's in the right place. <laughs> but he's a little bit rough around the edges. But together, they make magic. And in the end, she rediscovers love. And, okay, so wait, let's, there's a lot to unpack here on several levels. So there's a murder, and she solves it with her... Her her boyfriend? She's not her boyfriend at the beginning. Her romantic interest? Who gets murdered? Not one of the teens, I hope. Uh, there's a businessman oh. who wants to buy the... He owns the lot where the teens play basketball. <laughs> and he wants to uh, build a new building there. <laughs> As businessmen are wont to do. Yeah, he wants to uh, make like a fast food place. Oh, God. And he gets murdered? Oh no! And everybody thinks it's 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 maybe maybe it's this guy who runs. He's he's so yeah. dedicated to his mission. Hey, and a lot of people saw him yelling at that businessman, mm. saying, "There's more to life than money." That's and right. Stomping more to life than your hamburgers. Yeah, stomping off, and then you know that that evening that man was found dead. And Grace, uh, is it Grace believes in him? And I think he's he, rough around the edges. And he will. I'll give you that. He won't tell anyone his alibi. You know, when they're asking me, I can't talk about it. And everyone's really suspicious. But it's really just because he was helping out a teen who was having a crisis. And, you know, that's He promised the teen that he'd keep it quiet. You know, he helped him get out of a drug deal situation. And he doesn't want to betray a confidence. Man. (laughs) Saving grace. (laughs) I think you need to get on the line with Hallmark. You might have something (laughs) there. Something totally unhinged. So are you committed to, even if you can't cast actors who seem like they like each other and want to be in a romantic relationship, you'll at the very least employ a number of wacky-ass shenanigans to keep us entertained. Those teenagers, when they're not playing basketball, they get all sorts of shenanigans. Okay, so there's lots of, there's lots of, you know, there's lots of... You thought the Bad News Bears were wacky. Oh, Jesus. You're always going on about those Bad News Bears. No, I never have. Never seen it. Don't don't want to, but I think yeah, I think if you can have some shenanigans there, y- you go for it. Man, there was like a TV series of the Bad News Bears. Okay, it wasn't very good, <laughs> but I'd watch it in a heartbeat over 
Oh, we're going back to Martha's Vineyard. <sighs> so I think you were hoping that the Martha Vineyard story would somehow involve Chappaquiddick. <laughs> that would have been pretty wild. <laughs> that would have been taking a creative chance. See, I wish it involved the adventures of my my favorite and yours, uh, Bartholomew Gosnold, who, of course, named Martha's Vineyard after his dead daughter. In the 1600s. That was their trial run before Jamestown, of course. Was she murdered? No. she. A lot of people died back then. Just of A lot of people die now. Illness, you know, and she was, you know, infant mortality wasn't, you know, the rates were not favorable back then compared did, to Did, now. like, somebody intentionally infect her or something? No. No. It'd be, like, a historical mystery. I don't think anyone murdered his daughter. He... It, it, it it just it things bad things happened back then. Could you do a historical mystery with your friend Gosnell? It's it's Gos it's Gosnold. Gosnold. Bartholomew. Ah! No, I'm not gonna do. He yeah he that that's terrible. Yeah, New England. They were looking at New England because they wanted to get minerals and sassafras. Sassafras. Fortunately, at that point, unfortunately, at that point, a lot of the native tribes had already been kind of poisoned by like the European diseases that they were well, like bringing murder? over. Basically, I mean, genocide. That's the that'd be a really dark bleak. path for a Hallmark murder mystery. Yeah, but it would at least educate people about this, uh, the mortal original sins of this nation. <laughs> Jesus, I, I think I'd prefer the, this awful to, thing. Continue to haunt You're, us today. You would single-handedly wreck the franchise. Uh, yeah, I'd bring it all you down. You'd turn Armark Mysteries into You know what, genocide. maybe I'd be doing everyone a favor if I was, you know. My saving grace is looking pretty good. Yeah, I think they're going to like your script over mine. If mine's too political, talking about uh, all the bad things that happened at the beginning of this country. And also, I don't really think they do historical mysteries at all. And there were no women on that voyage. So, I mean, I don't really think they do a lot of LGBTQ representation in these from what I've seen. It seems to be mostly, if not entirely, straight couples, which, you know, and and mostly white couples. So it's not very diverse. I'm not sure that Hallmark really cares about uh, historical accuracy or accuracy or human behavior at all. (laughs) No. They just care about their like little cozy coffee shops. <laughs> There's one in every film. Yeah, they'd have somebody there in the 1600s, like running some <laughs> lovely little lady running a cake shop, <laughs> and she helps out Bartholomew. No, <laughs> I think we've got something here. No, because they'd all be wearing their period accurate clothes, their little the elaborate rocks. ball gowns. Yeah, Jesus. Well, I mean, I don't want a historical mystery. I'm just saying you could incorporate, like, what if they what if they made up some bullshit like, oh, Bartholomew Gosnold had a treasure and he buried it on the island that so he named after his job. Columbus Fuck idea. you, treasure's a great angle. I, I got, and mine I, makes more sense because, like, he was a pirate. He fought against the Spanish. They stole shit from the Spanish ships. So it makes sense that you he don't would have think a treasure. architect. You don't think architects steal treasure from Spanish you, architects? You are so naive. That's a pretty uh, motley crew. So does like Biden give American architects like letters of mark to allow them to like steal from architects from other countries? Is that what you're telling me right now? I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> you don't understand piracy. So naive. Yeah. 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 <laughs> 
you know, before I before I found you and rescued you from that life, you were on the high seas day and night. You call yourself a sea dog. <laughs> God, you don't know your pirates from your privateers. <laughs> All right, we're gonna wrap this up. <laughs> I feel gravity. So, tell me what happened in the movie because I, okay. I, I was technically watching. There was these. Angry teenagers yelling they at each other. They weren't teenagers. They were like in their thirties. It looked like they they weren't uh, like your your teenagers from those WB shows. What does that mean? The teenagers from the WB shows aren't they youngish and uh, attractive? These just came, seemed vaguely surly and spoiled. Yeah, I think that was the point. And then one of them ends up dead, and then uh, some blonde lady puts a gun to another lady's head. And uh, So you watch the beginning and the end of the film. And then the blonde lady, uh, another lady says to the detective, let's go out and fish with my dad. And like her dad is cock-blocking them, or would be if any of them was interested <laughs> in sex. And at some point there was a reporter who seemed to have a little bit of life, but maybe not that much life. Yeah, she did. She was the best part of this. And, I mean, that's not really saying anything. So, basically, there was a guy blackmailing a rich guy because he was saying, oh, I was your biological son. And then the the woman who worked for the rich guy, the marketing director who started the charity that the rich guy took over, killed him basically to protect her stupid you know, uh, money laundering charity. And that's it. And there were red herrings like, oh, there was this thing, you know, the charity was being audited by the IRS, and there were these two other rich kids who were fighting with the guy. It was just, it was just stupid. So this guy says, you're my dad. So then somebody working for his dad kills him because of uh, money laundering. Is that what this was? Yeah. I, I, wait, run it by me again? You never pay attention to me. I guess I'm treating you like you treated this movie. So a guy goes and says, hey, you're my dad. Yes. And then uh, the person who works for his dad kills the kid because of money laundering. But not because of money laundering. She made it out to be like she just cared so much about the charity. She didn't want it to be negatively affected, which like. Why would it be negatively affected? Because I get I. Basically, I guess they were using the f- the charity money to funnel to paying this guy's mom. And if that was revealed, the IRS audit would come down harder on them because you're not supposed to be using that. But, I mean, I imagine, like, given the fact – I mean, getting audited by the IRS, I imagine, is a nightmare. But, like, they're rich people. And I imagine the worst thing that happens is, like, maybe somebody ends up in jail for a year. But realistically, that's not going to happen. Realistically, they're going to pay a fine. I don't know. So this doesn't really seem like motive for murder. No, it doesn't at all. And so, what, and what's she wouldn't the guy... even be implicated necessarily because it's the other guy whose actions are affecting everything. So, how did the guy who was the dad? How did he feel about all this? We don't even know. He just kind of he he wasn't involved in the murder. Basically, was he happy? Oh, oh, thank goodness! I've reunited with my son. No, we di- we don't even see. Excuse me. We don't even see anything like that from him. We just, it just kind of zooms along. So how would you feel if somebody came out of the woodwork and said, Kevin, you're my secret father. Would you be like rubbing your chin and saying, this might threaten mystery to me. I might have to end this right here, right now. Let's take him behind the yacht club. Or would you just say, well, what are you going to do? I would be like, what the fuck? 
I mean, I would certainly be startled and upset. Well, I had a life before I met you. Jesus. But I wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't want to murder the kid. I'd be wanting to murder you. No, I was kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. What if we're like down in southern Indiana and we take a turn and there's like a town where everybody looks like me? But younger versions. Would you get suspicious? Maybe I'd just leave you there <laughs> to take care of your kids. <laughs> would you like that? <laughs> Why do I feel like you're trying to brace me for something? I do. I just don't. Trying to get ahead of something, Kevin? Is that what you're doing? I don't want you to do anything you're, you'd, you'd end up regretting. <laughs> I wouldn't kill your kids. I would yell at you. But I would be, you know, I mean, ultimately, it's not their fault. So I don't even know why this woman did this. It, the whole, the mystery was not compelling. There were no fun antics on the side. And there was not really any central interesting romance. And then the killer, she like puts a gun to the head of the doctor. Yeah. And it's like the doctor's just kind of there because she's seemingly bored and doesn't have enough to do as a doctor on an island. I mean, I, I, would, assi- I would assume she'd be pretty busy, but she has a lot of time to just spend Following around the detective. So that's kind of weird. As we mentioned earlier, your father's a doctor. Does he have a lot of free time where he just I don't think around? he's ever taken a day to, like, follow around, a, you know, anyone doing another job when he's supposed to be doing his job. That's because he's a professional. Yes. because he has <laughs> trained shit. very hard for a career he takes seriously. Yeah, and, like, also, yeah, exactly. And she seems to be relatively early career. So I imagine, like, the attending, like, if she, <laughs> the attending on call or... You know, is probably like, where the fuck is this person? You know, and she's the only one who's trained to do pathology on the island, aside from the normal medical examiner who we're told is off in this ep- in this movie. So that was convenient. So, I mean, like, you know, but like, who knows what else she might be the only one for? So t- taking all this time. So so it's like this town like Mayberry, where like one person is the doctor, the the medical examiner. Like if you get married in this town, would it be the doctor who does it for you? It makes Martha's Vineyard seem relatively provincial, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are, too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough. To the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop down menu that follows. <laughs> so, this movie took any desire you have to visit Martha's Vineyard and it crushed it like the car in Goldfinger. It, it, you know, it was a, it was a, you know, it, it drove up the, the ship of my desire to go to Martha's Vineyard on the reef. I, it may, it may come off eventually. I might, I might survive and, and want, I'm sure I'd want to go there eventually. But certainly I started off the movie with like, yeah, here we go. And and then ended it with like, eh. what was that? When did you know? When did you know that this movie was a mistake? When we got halfway through and nothing interesting had even happened. 
when I saw the first scene between the doctor and the detective, it, it was joyless. It was charmless. <laughs> yeah, I think those were the words you kept on repeating throughout this whole viewing experience. It's like like uh, the doctor's name is Z. That sounds like a character out of Planet of the Apes. Doctor Z. Doctor Z. Now that's a good movie. There you go. <laughs> okay, how would you make the Planet of the oh, Apes into God. a Hallmark mystery? I I don't want to say. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you want to save? You want to let anybody steal your idea? Why don't you tell us? You're the you're the ape head. <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't know. What do they What do they call the Planet of the Apes fans? So I guess. You'd have to structure it in. I don't. Uh, y- y- no bestiality, please. Yes. <laughs> okay. Just as a fucking fucking do me a kindness. But then we get into all sorts of things. If we have two humans solving a crime among the apes, why don't we have the apes solving a crime? Let's give them some credit. This is their society now. Yeah, it's their it's, planet. Because it seems insulting to do otherwise. Does it involve the human astronauts? Like, does one of the human astronauts kill another? And then a crusty... <laughs> Maybe a crusty uh, gorilla, you know, is like the police chief of a small town. And then an enterprising young chimpanzee, who's like more of a scientist, more of the medical examiner. They have to solve a murder. You know, are rogue wild humans going, uh, going around and killing people in some of these settlements? Or is something more sinister at play? Ooh. What's the more sinister thing that's at play? Apes. Killing apes. Apes don't kill apes. Oh, but uh, maybe they maybe some people did not hear that rule. <laughs> uh, do Star Trek now. What? <laughs> do a Star Trek Hallmark mystery. Uh she's the grizzled security chief red shirt person, and he's the ambitious young uh, ensign. Yeah, the ambitious young ensign. Maybe a science science officer ensign. And she- oh, and what happens at the mm-hmm. beginning is the ensign has gotten word that they're about to be transferred in like in a month to a ship which would be very beneficial to their future career. Mm. But maybe the events of the movie that you're about to tell us might make the ensign think about changing the mind and not taking that transfer. Now tell us what happens. Uh is is the is like is a diplomat, like an alien diplomat, murdered on board. And, like, there's, like, they're hosting a bunch of different diplomats on this, like, really fancy ship. And then they, like, then it, it's going to cause, like, all these, like, fucking shit show within the Federation and, like, you know, alliances. And they have to figure out, you know, who would have had the motive and the means to do it. And, you know, obviously there's a lot of science involved, but maybe somebody hacked some stuff so they don't, you know, like I, I would imagine the computer would be able to tell you who went in whose room. Yeah. But maybe, maybe some of that's offline. Yeah, that's all hackers. That's all. Yeah. It got hacked. Don't worry about it. Um, and, and so they have to figure out who it is. And the security chief wants to, you know, shoot his phaser first with, you know, ask questions later. But the, the, the her, that's, that's the lady. But then the science officer is, like, very attuned to, like, the different political things and is trying to smooth things over. So here's the question. What friend is there any franchise? That we can't destroy with a Hallmark movie? Uh, yes, probably. I think of some that would be challenging, like, say, Lassie. Are there others you think that would be just completely off the table? Don't, don't even mention it. 
I mean, there'd be somewhere it'd be like, what would you do like over and over again? Like, I mean, like in a way, in a way, Jaws is sort of like a mystery. You know, they're like, what, what's killing? Oh, the, the it's a shark. Oh no, is it? It's actually a really big shark. It's kind of fucked up. It's like going crazy. But like, they kill the shark at the end of it, and it can't be like more sharks coming. So like that, how could you do a Hallmark mystery with that? And you can't like. They did sequels. I know, but like that, they mean that I'm sure they sucked. Uh, what if the jaw? What if the, the shark was genetically engineered? Jesus Christ! So someone's sending these sharks out to the island because it was like uh, some sort of time traveler who saw oh, this movie coming, this Hallmark movie coming. So the way to make sure this Hallmark movie doesn't exist is if I send a bunch of sharks down to Martha's Vineyard, kill a lot of people, so nobody would want to go to Martha's Vineyard, and Hallmark would never produce this So picture. are you the person who genetically engineered the sharks? That's what I, I'm, I'm, I'm no scientist. I'm just the idea man. <laughs> You're feeding your ideas to, to the sharks. No, to the shark man, I guess, in this case. Or lady. It's a lady scientist. How, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're so sexist. How would you do Lassie? Would it just be like people raise collies and solve mysteries? That sounds very wholesome. Yeah, that sounds adorable. And can't the dog somehow like help the couple get together and yeah. like Lilith's hobo style? Yeah, I, I, I dig it. I, I, I think that sounds fine. Yeah, that'd be charming. And you love dogs, so you probably watch that movie without complaining. <laughs> I'm very stoic. No. I can put up with a lot. You're no Kato. As all listeners of this program know. <laughs> You're no Cato the Younger. I'm more like Cato from the Green Hornet. You're, you're more like Cato the Elder. Uh, Hallmark Delendum Est. <laughs> That's how you start the every Senate meeting. Huh. Any other franchises you want to harm our guys? Uh, no, I think we've done enough damage for today. <laughs> Are we done? Can we sail away? Yeah, you said this would be like a 10-minute episode. You said we get in there. Well, we had to unpack our trauma <laughs> with what this did to us. I would say that this snooze cruise around Martha's Vineyard was more like a boring place to die. Thanks for listening this week. I'd like to give a special thanks to Kevin T. Greenley, who's no relation to me. He's the guy that composed the great music for this podcast, and you can find him on the web at kevintg.com. You can follow us on Twitter at mystery to me. That's mystery underscore to underscore me underscore. And at mystery to me podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And you can always send us recommendations and feedback of any kind at mystery to me podcast at gmail.com. We're not teens setting up Hotmail accounts in the early 2000s, so all of those spell out two as T-O. Thanks, Thanks so, so much, much for, for listening. listening.